Unfiltered by Jade. Jade. Welcome to the Unfiltered by Jade, where we get out of the box and dive into topics that are sidelined. I look forward to entertain, educate, and inspire. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, donate, and make everybody know about it. Beats by RB Records, a proud sponsor of The Unfiltered by Jade. Shopping assistants, your style, your budget. Our services include online and local shopping for individuals and businesses, personal shopping, purchasing of company and office supplies, importing and exporting small packages across Jamaica and worldwide, and helping you find unique gifts and items for all events and occasions. Contact us at 876-919-5195 or shoppingassistance2015 at gmail.com. Shopping Assistance, your style, your budget. Welcome back to the Unfiltered by Jade. Today we have with us here Rebecca Enoch, and she is the Programs Director at Human Trafficking Search. Today we're going to be speaking about sex trafficking. Um, this is probably never a, a subject I've spoken about before, so I'm excited about it and I'm excited to hear her take on it and I mean how we can try to fix this problem that we're having in the society everywhere that we are right so i'm going to introduce her to you so hello rebecca hello hello how are you i'm great and thank you for having me no problem thank you so much for being on the unfiltered so there's so much i want us to dive into <laughs> and i'm i'm quite excited to hear what you have to say about it so i want you to let our listeners know first and foremost what is sex or human trafficking sure well it is a big subject with a lot of subsections like you said there's sex trafficking human trafficking um and there's multiple causes in both our country and around the world sadly um human trafficking and modern day slavery uh, are kind of two umbrella terms that you hear a lot and they are often used interchangeably and they refer to the exploitation of individuals through threat or use of force, coercion, abduction, fraud, or deception. So that's that's kind of a lot right there, but um, yeah. 40 million people annually are impacted by some form of trafficking globally. And uh, the concept includes things like forced labor, debt bondage, domestic servitude, forced marriage, sex trafficking, child sex trafficking, and the hmm. recruitment of child soldiers. So those are kind of all the broad terms of human trafficking itself. And then today, of course, we're going to focus on sex trafficking. Right. Give you a little bit of context. Um, the most common form of exploitation is forced labor, which includes sex trafficking, because in order for something to be trafficking, you have to be forced to be doing it. Right. Um, so according to the International Labor Organization, the ILO, that impacts 24.9 million people a year, and then 
4.8 million are in sex trafficking, are impacted by sex trafficking. And then following that is forced marriage, which enslaves 15.4 million individuals. So forced marriage obviously isn't sex trafficking specifically, but it kind of gets in there as well. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the ILO estimates that forced labor, which includes sex trafficking, generates $150 billion in illegal profits every year. Mercy. So it is a money-making game. That is, you know, My just like... God, yeah. Yeah, just like with so many things that are wrong in our world, it sometimes boils down to money. And just like that here, too. <laughs> so, um, and those are big numbers. I know I just threw out some big numbers. And those are huge like, numbers. Yeah, and I'm not a numbers person, so people say big numbers, and it's like, oh, that's a lot. But, like, I can't always wrap my head around what four, what does 4.8 million in sex trafficking really look like. Um, so I'm going to define sex trafficking a little bit more sure. since that's what we're going to talk about. Not like, you know, getting into the weeds. That's but, fine. Know. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, any instance when an individual engages in a commercial sex act, like prostitution, as a result of force, fraud, or coercion is considered sex trafficking. Okay. So, it has to have that element of force, fraud, or coercion. Um, I just I want to recognize that not all sex workers are victims of sex trafficking. That is not the case. Huh. In some countries, it's even legal um, to have sex workers, and it's a, a market that has regulation. And there are lots of people who think that regulating the market in the U.S. would really provide a lot of protections for people who choose sex as their work. But um, because it's unregulated, it allows kind of like the whole conundrum about drugs, it mm -hmm. allows the, the the illegality of it to be exploited and be unregulated. So that's where it gets um, kind of murky. So also, if, they're, if, if the person engaged in the commercial sex act is a minor, the law automatically defines them as a victim. Doesn't yes. matter if they say they wanted to do it um, because they kind of, the law says a child cannot decide that they yes. want to engage. So it's only when there's forced labor um, that where the individual is working against their, his or her will for little or no pay and under the threat of some sort of punishment that it becomes sex trafficking. And so like you, you know, we were talking about, we're just mostly focused on sex trafficking, which is a form of forced labor. And some sex trafficking comes across borders with victims coerced or forced to travel mm -hmm. after to another country. And then sometimes their passports or ID documents are taken away. They don't speak the language. They don't know where they are. Yes. So, so then escape becomes really hard because how do you run away when you can't speak the language or have any money or even know where you are? I mean, I can't right. imagine like being like, I, I don't know where I am. So how do I even get help or run away? Like that's, you know, that's where that, that element of force comes into it. Um, and then obviously it happens in the U.S. We know that. Yes. Um, and people are trapped in a variety of ways in the U.S. as well, unable to get away. But in a nutshell, that's what human sex trafficking and sex trafficking more broadly encompasses. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a lot, though. Yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. And then when you really dive into it, you know, the sex trafficking thing gets very, you know, there's a lot under that umbrella. And then, you know, it's under forced labor and there's just... There's so much there to unpack. So I was really glad when you said, let's focus on sex trafficking. So I was like, we don't have enough time to cover all this human trafficking. I'm not that knowledgeable. I'm very sure that you are. Yeah. Um, so so listening to just the the definition of what it is and what it's into, yeah. it just seems like a lot because the truth is 
it's it's victim support unit that has allowed me actually to see certain things that's taking place in terms of like the borders. Uh-huh. So you have people you you're taking people from one place to the other, and yeah. they have no idea where they are. And sometimes yeah. it's kids. Yeah. Um, even for adults, I mean, I heard you say that it's forced labor. Yeah. Yeah. So anything that is forced, yeah. do you think that sometimes people are manipulated into doing things so they do it even without wanting to? Like they say they want to, but then it's because of some manipulation that has taken place. Why they? Oh, definitely. Oh my god. Now there are so many definitions of force, and like it comes into like, um, and you know, I I think we'll probably get more into it later. But the idea of choice, like where is something a force? Point and where is it a choice point and what does choice really mean you know and like we've already decided that children cannot choose to right. engage in sex acts but like where you know like what you know is it a choice when you have no other options or there's threats to your person or your family like is that a choice I mean you could say it's a choice but you know like it's, it's very you know it, it it's very complicated and, yeah. and the law is not always reflective of that complexity which is part of the, the issue really there there's not a lot of they try but it's hard to um spe- specify in a law so that you can prosecute people exactly what it encompasses and what it doesn't encompass and when did something become force and when was it not force? It, yeah very yeah very hard oh um what are what are three elements of trafficking in person right then so like what you know you were you sent me the questions ahead so i could think about it and i, was like, I don't know what does she mean three elements so i googled it because i was like what she must be referring to something so i and I, I had never distilled it like in that way but um i found a reference to the three elements of, under legal terms to okay. sex trafficking uh, forced labor and so and and it made sense to me i was like okay i think this is what what she was thinking about yes um, <laughs> The first element you have to have is the is called acts, and that's like the act of the trafficker recruiting, harboring, transporting, providing, and obtaining a person for labor or services. So that act that the trafficker takes, that's the first element. Then the means is the 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 trafficker's use of force or coercion or fraud. And it can look like so many different things. It can be like we were just talking about the fraud. I mean, the the force part of it. it right. Can be, the most obvious one is actual like force, physical harm, beating. Yes. Threats, yes. You know? We obviously know about that. Um, but debt manipulation can be another force where maybe they lured you in by saying, hey, come with me to the city. I'll give you a job and you'll have a good life. And then when you get there, they say, you owe me money because I transported you and I'm giving right. you a loss. And until right. you pay off this debt, you can't go anywhere. And so they kind of force you into doing it because they say that you owe them money. Um then there's withholding your pay. They, they're they taking all the pay that you're getting from the sex act. They're not giving you any money, so you have no money. So you don't you don't have any way to you know, leave. You can't leave. Yeah, you'll just be on the street with nothing, which is obviously where you may have started in the beginning. Um, and then the, we mentioned already the confiscation of your identity documents, um, and that can really trap people who did come in. Sometimes they came in legally, through still not very honest, obviously you can't right. reason for entry sex trafficking, but you know, um, but they may have come in legally for some ostensible thing. And then, but sometimes they come in illegally. The traffickers um, say that they're, you know, part of some like minority that's been repressed and they come through the border. So these, this person knows they've maybe come through illegally. 
um, or they've been snuck across the border and they don't have documents and they don't have language. So trying to run away, like they know they could be thrown in jail and how do they explain what happened to them? How do they prove, like we were just talking the legal aspects, they have to prove those things in order to be counted. So it can be very difficult. Um, And then there's psychological coercion, which is a very common form for kind of domestic trafficking. Um, And it's like what we call sometimes the boyfriend tactic. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, so there's obviously there's a lot of people who feel lonely or feel they're not heard. A lot of times they're young people. So someone comes along and, you know, let's say a boyfriend and says, I love you. I'm going to buy you this. I'm going to take you here. I'm going to give you that. And then and then they say, oh, look, um, you know, I need you to do this. I need you to just like my friend really thinks you're hot. Won't you just, you know, or whatever. And it and then they threaten to withdraw that um, love and that support from you and someone who's vulnerable psychologically, that can be a big motivating factor. Uh-huh. Um, so then there's, uh, <laughs> the list goes on, um, the reputational harm, you know, that's kind of like the cyber bullying that you hear about now. It's basically that where they say, look, if you, you know, if you, if you leave, I'm going to tell your family, I'm going to tell your friends what you've been doing. And you're going to be so ashamed. They won't want anything to do with you. Like they're going to tell you, they're going to throw you on the street because when they find out what you've been doing, so they stay because they don't want their family to know. They're just so humiliated by that. Um, And obviously uh, most times it's a combination of a lot of these things, but um, then there's the addictive substances. Like, you know, if you, if you have an addiction, um, then they can manipulate you with access to your addictive substance. But even if you weren't addicted in the beginning, sometimes traffickers will encourage or even force you to become addicted to something because then they have you because you need money and you need access to get the thing your body now craves. And so they say, well, I'm not going to give you that drug. I'm not going to give you, you don't have any money. And so you stay because you need that drug now. So there's that manipulation. And so then- it's really abuse. Oh yeah, because absolutely. everything everything that's happening is really abuse. So what they do really then, yeah, is so so they're very smart. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So and we can tell like they know it. It you know traffickers are very good at kind of praying and seeing what are the elements here that I can yes. put together that yes. this person's going to respond to. Yes. They look at what's most vulnerable. Yeah. And that's what they act on. Yeah, yeah. The weak spots. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the last thing that I kind of have on the list of things is threats to your family. Sometimes they'll even, or yes. if you have a child, say, if you don't do it, I'm going to hurt your child. I'll take your child away. Um, I'll hurt your family. You know, and, and that's, you know, that is obviously a real fear for, for people. So, you know, all those things. And like I said, it's usually a lot of these coming together. So that's all the, the, the what was the, the means? And then the, um, the purpose so that's the third element is the purpose. What is the trafficker's goal? What do they what do they want you to do? And so for this conversation, it's sex acts that you don't yes. want to do. You know, yes. You don't want to do it, and they're making you do it with the, the means. So all these elements are required from a legal perspective to count in court as a crime. And so if you think about it in the context of a sex trafficking victim, they have to show all three of these elements to prove they were a victim of a crime and not a willing participant. Participants. Yeah. So that can be really hard because if you're addicted to something and that is being used to manipulate you, some people would say, oh, you had a choice, you know, you're choosing to stay to get your drugs. But it's like, is when is something a real choice as we were talking about? Right. And when it's, when it's forced. 
Yeah, yeah. And is it really something, a choice to do something you don't want to do to prevent your family being harmed? Um, is it is it a choice to commit sex acts if you're illegally brought into a country and you don't have any language skills and papers and no idea where you are? Is that a choice? You know, and then is it a choice for an 18-year-old to work on the street for a pimp when their home life is abusive? Like, oh, I'm choosing between yeah. at home or pimping on the street, you know? like With somebody who says that they love me. Yeah, yeah, and gives you a house and gives you some food and mm-hmm. sometimes might give you affection. So yes. is that a choice? I mean, and that's a, that's a I mean, the, you, there's no way to answer that. Like, the, the, it, how do you, like, codify that in a law that, you know, what a choice like that looks like? It's very difficult. Yeah, especially if persons are not in the situations. I don't think they can fully understand yeah. what this is like. Oh, um, who, who is most vulnerable and why? Yeah. And, you know, if you haven't ever been in a situation like that, it's hard to understand, you know, because that's what people say. Why don't they just leave if it's not good? And it's like, well, you must come from a background where you have support, because if you if you have support, then you think they can just leave. I, you know, I was talking to my daughter when she was like 12 about these kind of things. She said, well, why doesn't that girl just leave? You know, this was a girl in, in Nairobi. Right. Why doesn't she just leave and go, you know, and get go find another place to live. And I'm like, um, it's, you have a loving family around Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's easy for you to say sitting here on the sofa, Mm -hmm. Yep. you know, there's not a lot of choices there. And so that the, the, the active acts means and purpose have to be there to prove it in the court. And, and sometimes too, um, trying to prove these elements and to get, um, you know, to maybe get the, 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 the trafficker off the street to get them in behind bars, um, these elements have to be proven. And in that process of proving it, too, you think about this this victim has to share their story maybe uh-huh. multiple times, re traumatizing. Oh my God. You know, and like telling random people in a, about it. In a uh-huh. freaking, like, you know, jails, you know, like, what am I trying to say? You know, in front of police officers. Yes. You know, it's like, who wants to talk about that? Who wants to say these things? They hurt. They're real. You know, this is your experience. I don't want to keep saying it and saying it. So they, that is something they're working on with the laws, like how to make that better so we can avoid re-traumatizing victims, but yeah, still prosecute these um, criminals. But it, it's hard. It's hard. You could see why victims would just be like, no, no, I'm just out. I'm not. Right. Because they can't afford That's their character. That person's yeah. not going to be looking yeah. at and like testifying in court and like how, you know, all that stuff. It's just, oh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have, so it's kids and, and, and women, like girls and women. Are they most vulnerable or sometimes the men are or boys? Or... Right. Well, and that's, that is, you know, obviously women and children are some of the most vulnerable groups, but there are definitely other vulnerable groups and so I like to think of it more as like the kind of qualities that the people who are most vulnerable have okay. and, um, and the vulnerable people to any kind of trafficking really, but sex trafficking as well, are those who don't have their basic needs being met, you know, because, um, uh. you know, they, so that puts them in a desperate situation, enough food, you know, a, a safe house to live in, ability to earn a living wage, they, a lack of freedom from harm whether it's due to an abusive family member, external violence, you know, in their community. When these basic needs aren't met, people immediately become more vulnerable. And often, obviously, um, you know, in our own communities, it does become women and children, but there's also 
um, minorities is, is a vulnerable group. And you can see from the things I just listed why that would be because of the inequalities that are still, you know, really baked into our society. That right. Minorities more vulnerable for right. those things. Also LGBTQIAS plus um, homeless or, or um, runaways and those in foster care are actually a very vulnerable group. Those with a history of sexual abuse, rape, domestic violence, and immigrants. Yeah, so, and you okay. can see how many of these things cross over. It's like, oh, I get two of these things on the list. Yay, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get There's vulnerabilities, you know. Like uh, a minority girl in foster care who, who's in foster care due to abuse at home or a gay young man who ran away due to his sexuality not being embraced, you know, an immigrant mother who's having trouble finding a job and ends up on the street. Like mm-hmm. these things add up to mm-hmm. being a very vulnerable person to being trafficked. So, or even somebody just with self-esteem issues. They find somebody that, yeah. who validates them. Yeah, that psychological aspect. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wanted to um, bring up today that I thought maybe a lot of people wouldn't know. I'm sorry, I don't know if you can hear the train. Honking. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, was uh, the sub the, is that in foster care, um, that it's a sad fact that a lot of children and youth who are um, have been in the foster system uh, sometimes become a very vulnerable group to sex trafficking. And I wanted to focus on them a little bit because that's children, it's sex trafficking, and it's within the structure of a government that's in a system where they're supposed to be being protected. Hmm. And I think maybe sometimes that gets missed. Um, And it's not always easy to get really accurate information about how many children in foster care have been sex trafficked for a lot of reasons. But um, most reports place the number at above 50%. Mercy, that's a lot. Yeah. And um, it, the, in a report that we did, a uh, human trafficking search on foster care um, in the commercial sexual exploitation of children. So they that's a, a mouthful, the commercial sexual exploitation of children. And you see that a lot when you're reading about trafficking of children because and they just make it an acronym CSEC. So if you see CSEC, it stands for commercial sexual exploitation of children. And um, at the high end, um, a, a judge in the state of Connecticut said 98% of children who are identified as survivors of sex trafficking had previous involvement with child welfare services, 98%. Oh. So that's like, oh, your child goes into, you know, like foster care, like child welfare services, like 98% are- That's you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so something's wrong, you know. I mean, obviously these, like I said, the statistics are hard to come by because it's state by state and they all may collect them in different ways. Um, New York- said that 85% of all uh, children in CSEC in New York state had a child welfare background. So again, a huge portion of them. And then 75% of CSEC in New York city had spent time in foster care. So it's like almost, it's so high. Like if, if they're a victim, they probably were connected some point to foster care. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that can be, um, but you know, that, that, that it shows we're not doing a good job of protecting them. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think that's probably good. I, I've probably given you enough ideas about no, it. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think you're doing great. You're doing great to give me the information that we need and you're making me think. So what yeah. really, it's, it's, it's that really not even foster care is safe. Yeah, I know. And that's hard. I mean, I worked for a while as a guardian ad litem, um, which is uh, someone who's appointed as a volunteer to represent children in court. And I got to a little window into that system. And um, it, it made me want to step up and be a, a foster parent because I thought, my gosh, you know, if I can do something positive 
for a child and have that not be their experience and really provide them. It's a hard, it's a hard job, but that it, it's a, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad that that's how we protect them. You know? I, I mean, I'm thinking on, I'm, I'm saying maybe they don't have enough resources to help them. Well, that's a big part of it, right? As with a lot of these government programs, um, they're underfunded. And um, if, you know, the, the, I think part of the, the challenge is obviously there's someone appointed in these cases to go in and check on the child in foster care and make sure that they're doing okay. But those workers, those social workers have so many cases, they can't possibly do them oh, the way they want. So it's not oh, that they're bad workers or that they don't care, they do, they care so much but they have so many cases they can't possibly monitor all of them effectively due to funding, you know, really. So, so, so in, in reality, in reality, what it is that um, these kids need help. Yeah. We put them in foster care system that damages them when they become 18 or whatever ages is that they can leave. They come out into the world, into societies and then they know create problems because yeah, from from the get-go they had problems dealing with yeah and persons who tried to help them it didn't help them it made them worse yeah so now we have a society that has so many troubled people yep and when and when they age out of the foster care system of course they're not a minority i mean they're not a um they're not you know they're over 18 so they're considered an adult so then they can be prosecuted you know under the full force of the law for anything they do and they're not supported after they age out of the system they're often left without support and they obviously still need support and so then they they're very vulnerable that that population of children leaving the foster care system because they aged out um there's a lack of services to support their transition to adulting and yeah i think we'll probably get into that a little bit more later but yeah i'm I'm saddened by this (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you i'm saddened by this um i'm a social worker myself are you i do understand um what is happening yeah (laughs) but it's it's just your heart because people like you social workers they they are good people they want to do good things they're not given the tools and support they need to do the job they're supposed to do and that would break i couldn't do that job because it would break my heart oh it's a lot (laughs) it's really (laughs) i'm so uplifting today oh my goodness i mean the information that you're giving is so vital and many times people don't take the time to sit and think about these things because they're not privy to this information right. oh, um red flags what are some oh. of the red flags that we find yes um well in terms of red flags for sex trafficking um we kind of just talked about the most vulnerable groups and if you or someone you know kind of ticks the box on some of those things that list that i gave you like i said a mm-hmm. lot of times there's a number of them so i would say if they tick one or more of those boxes uh look you know i would say look out for that friend pay attention to new love interests they have Do, does it seem like a healthy relationship they talk about their time with this person. What do they say? And if you know like a teen or even an adult who seems at risk of running away and leaving home, um, you know, to get away from a bad situation, have a conversation with them about where are they running to? Um, I got a preview of a really good program to help teens and young people understand how to identify for themselves if they are at risk of being trafficked. It was called the Cool Aunt series. And they mentioned that a key question to ask yourself or the person you think is vulnerable, if, if it's not you, is do you know where you're running to? You know, okay, sometimes we all have to run, but do you know where you're running to? Don't run away without knowing. 
I know, but seriously. Like I said, sometimes you have to run. Yeah, well, you know, if you're in an abusive situation, fair enough. You want to leave. Like, I get yes. it. And, like, yes. also, like, teens get into fights with their parents, you know, right or wrong. It happens. And they, and you know how, like, sometimes young people, they feel so dramatic about things and they just leave. And it's not even, you know, it's just, oh, they did, they took away this, they took away that. So they run away. Uh, but obviously, even worse, if they're abused or neglected at home, they leave. Or maybe it's an abusive partner for an adult. You have to get out. But it just have you have to plan ahead and have a safe place to run to. Don't just head off into the night with no plan. Like, yes. And that's where the vulnerability gets really dialed up. So if you or a friend or someone you know is in that situation, um, get them connected to a local safe house or a shelter. Um, even if it's just an address or a phone number that they can keep with them so they know if they have that moment where they're like, I've got to go. They've got it in their wallet or purse. They, they know where they're going in that crisis, where they can go that's safe and not wandering with no place to go, no one to turn to. Because traffickers look, they go to bus stops. They go to the, like, airports. They, yeah, they go to those places and they're like, hey, look, you, and they know what to look for, believe me. And that's the scary place, especially for young people. You run away, you're emotionally vulnerable, you don't know where you're going, you didn't make a plan, and then here comes someone who's going to help you out. And, you know, that's the, you know, a, a, a big point of vulnerability for people so having a place to go <sighs> oh man yeah. um hold on how do how do traffickers lure in their victims um well i wanted to go back to the foster care thing for a minute and talk about that sure um, <laughs> so um because i i wanted to kind of path out how a foster child might get lured in and then i'll go into a little bit of um, the other things as well. That's fine. Um, from the research, there's three common paths that emerge for children and youth in the foster system. Because it's such a high statistic, I thought this would be important. Um, that the way that p- victims become victims of commercial sexual exploitation. So the first path is just directly from foster care. They run away, they end up homeless, and they're lured, as we just kind of talked about. The second path is they age out, which we were just talking about. Right. And then when they age out, there's not a lot of support. And so they're trying to find a job. They're trying to find housing. They're trying to, and, and they already obviously had something in their childhood went wrong already. They wouldn't have been in the system if something didn't go wrong. Right. So they don't have a whole, they, they already needed that support. So getting started with adulting can be really hard and they can feel uh-huh. dropped, cast away. Um, they sometimes call them like um, castaways. Right. Um, and then the third path um, is just like opting out of the whole thing and becoming homeless um, before you even enter the system and you know, like you, you're, you're supposed to go into foster care, but you just run away and directly go into commercial sexual exploitation. So, and, and just to be clear, like obviously not all children and youth are not, are going to become victims who are in yes. the foster care system of CSE, but they're just those commonalities in the background, um, that are really important to look at. So, um, let's see. So th- there's, there's some childhood experiences that, if you, if you know that your friend has had this or that you've had this or, you know, someone you've met has this, then they, these could be red flags for who's most vulnerable, like prior sexual abuse by a family member, a family friend, parental neglect or abandonment, um, time spent as a runaway or a throwaway. Those things are, are red flags. And victims of, in, for kids, victims of commercial sexual exploitation typically occur, are typically coerced into sexual exploitation in early adolescence. And just to give you some ages, um, for uh, boys and transgender girls, the average age is between 11 and 13. And the mm-hmm. girls, the age goes from to 12 to 14. And there's um, a lot of sexual abuse 
that that's pulling from that leads to that. But that, those are very young numbers. If you think about a child yes. that age, um, you know, becoming engaged in that. Um, I do have a couple of quotes that, because I feel like I, I throw all this information out there, blah, 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 words and numbers and stuff. So <laughs> I, I have a couple of quotes because for me, I'm a storyteller. Okay. And, and I loved, um, and um, this isn't a story, but it's just, it gives that personal um, human touch. So yes. So the, one of the kids, and this is in that report I was talking about on our website about foster care. Um, one of the, the, the survivors um, said, we've all been molested over and over and raped. We are, we're all molested and sexually abused as children. And if you don't know that, you know, you, you're, you're kind of lost. We ran to get away. We were thrown out. We were thrown away. We've been on the street ever since, since we were 12, 13, and 14. Hmm. That's, that's to me really hard to hear. That's hard. Because, you know, I'm a mom and I think about a child who, oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry now. A child who feels thrown away and cast away. I mean, we're doing something wrong when kids feel that way, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm also, I'm also thinking about mine. Yeah. And um, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well. All right. Talk um, to you. It's okay. <laughs> For sex trafficking victims that are not minors, um, the scenario isn't really too different from that anyway. Um, there often is, a, as we kind of talked about, a boyfriend. Sometimes it's an auntie, um, they, you know, a, 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 even a woman who poses as a person who wants to help. They offer love, gifts, fancy clothes, a place to stay, nice food, affection, money. Starts off nicely, sounds like it's a, a you know, like a, a gift, and then um, things change. And, um, and that, that happens again and again, where you feel like there's actually, this is someone who wants to help, or it's a guy who really loves you or who cares about you or a partner. And for, for, for even this aunt situation, how is it that you tell a child yeah. who is going through a lot and yeah. probably don't have food to eat or have anywhere to stay that this person that is coming to them with food and clothing I know, I is know. not good. You know, it's, it's like, and, and we go right back again to the choice and force because yeah. Like, how do you tell a child who desperately needs these things and yeah. is hungry yeah. that they shouldn't take food from somebody who poses as an yeah. aunt yeah. to yeah. feed them and then they take them and, you know, because people, as you said, persons would say, yeah. hey, but they, you know, you had a choice. Did you when you're starving? Yeah, exactly. Did you? Exactly. And you're a child. I mean, someone's offering you some, a fancy, uh, you know, piece of clothing and some food and a place to stay, like, obviously, you're, you trust, because yes. that's who, who we want them to be, we want them to, <gasps> to be able to trust, and, and, you know, that auntie scenario, like, it happens so much, and it, it happens all over the world, like, you know, you, I read about, I've read about in Southeast Asia, in the Middle East, in Africa, like, uh, people who, in, you know, even it's someone you know, like, I just heard um, a podcast the other day, um, where a survivor who was, I can't remember which, where she was from, but she, her uncle, um, in that country, he was like, Oh, look, I can get you a job in the U S like here, you don't have any prospects. I'll hook you up. And then in the, you know, it's often a family member or someone, you know, in your, in your village. And they, they say, look, you can, you'll go to this other country and they connect you with, they fly you over. And then again, you have that debt bondage too. Um, oh, because, 
that and then you arrive and like turns out that job um, is not the job you thought you were getting or even not even across the border it's in the city but you know you don't have money to go back and get home and so you arrive in the city the person picks you up and says oh look that job that we said it's not actually modeling it's not um you know working in a, as a in someone's home to clean um it's this and and then you're you're so humiliated as well. The children feel so embarrassed, and they use that psychological aspect too. Like, look, you can't go home now. Like in these more conservative, I mean, even in our country, of course, but you know, very conservative um, values in some other countries. Like, you can't go home and tell them this happened to you. They'll say, like, oh, you, we don't want you. Like, they will say that. So you're broken. Like, what do you do? As a child? <sighs> I don't know. This is hard. Yeah, yeah. This I know. I know it is. Sometimes I like I'm doing my work and I'm like, oh, I have to take a break for a minute because I don't know how you do it though. <laughs> well, I could say the same as a social worker. You do a very important job that can, I think, also affect you psychologically. I don't know how I do it though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we do it with the support of each other, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Man, it's um, rough. It is rough. Oh, I was um, going to tell you about um a case that came up, you know, recently. Um, oh, oops. let's see. In in Portland, Maine, cuz I know you were you <laughs> you were going to ask me um does it require movement? Yes. And um I was going to tell you about a case that came up in Portland, Maine, because obviously we already kind of spoke about international borders, right, right, lines, right. Um but it it happens all over the place. But um that in July 2021 in Portland, Maine, um, recently there was a couple that pled guilty to federal charges for their. I wedding. saw that. Did you? I think I saw that. Uh, you know what? Continue for those who don't know about it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, there's been so many lately as well. I feel like now you start looking for it, you see all the different ones. And like I, w- I was thinking about, um, you know, th- this this case came up for me, and I, because I also do some work with around China, and these were Chinese women who were brought over um, by this couple in Portland, Maine. And they, they, they came over thinking again, that they were going to have a normal job. And then they, this Portland couple, and it's a couple, you know, so I think sometimes we don't like to think of women doing this kind of thing, but oh, they do. They do. I know. And like you were saying earlier, like, how do we understand that someone could do that? And I have to come back to the idea that we can't understand it because if we could, then we would be like them. And so there's nothing to understand, you know, because it, it doesn't make sense. But they um they they transported at least four women and had two properties that they were renting and this is i mean you think of like portland maine you know like oh that's not what you think of and then there's these people they've just rented properties and they're just like sex trafficking these women for commercial sex they've and i don't know like how in this specific case they were coerced to come but if you imagine a woman in a low income area in china where which could be in the countryside or just as easily be in the city because uh, many young people leave the, where they were born and head to the cities. And this is global looking for work because there's not much where they are or they want a more glamorous life. They think something exciting. They come to the city, they can't find a job or the job they get is low pay and they have a tough time. And then um, someone comes to them from another country like the U S which is perceived as very wealthy. Perceived. And, yeah. And then they say, Oh, look, you know, like you can earn a better time, you know, you can have a, a good job. And for Chinese, especially, um, you know, there's a perception it has been since the gold rush times that the U.S. is the land of opportunity. I think, again, it's somewhat global, whether mm-hmm. it's true or not. But this person offers them a job, something like cleaning, working as a model. Um, and then, 
you know, I know, I know I keep saying the same things, but you know, you can understand the temptation. They leave willingly, you know, they, they yes. say, yes, okay, I'll come with you. That sounds great. But then they get there. Do you, I, I cannot believe that those women who came from China knew where they were. They probably had no idea where New England is. Like Exactly. Yeah, if you took me to China and put me on a couple of I have no idea. put me in the middle of some urban area, I don't know where I am either, you know? And then the, the trafficker says, okay, the job is actually now to have sex with whoever I say and whenever I tell you to. And they don't have any money. They have nowhere oh to stay. God. They don't know where they are. They have no food. They can't even speak to us for help. So, like, what are they going to do? And I, it's and that's like the the kind of nutshell scenario in in various forms that continues to happen, you know, right here in the U.S. I'm almost feeling stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm almost feeling stressed. I have no idea how it is that they're managing. Like when people come over, yeah, for better opportunities, and then they realize, you know, they were scammed. It's it's nothing like that, you know. It just yeah. It's, Oh boy. And, 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 and well, you know, I think we're kind of focusing on the U.S. because obviously that's what people um, are most familiar with. But right. that kind of scenario happens across different, you know, like, uh, again, just with China, because of that one child policy they had, they have um, not enough women. So there's a huge problem right now with women being trafficked out of um, Vietnam and um, like uh, other like lower income Asian countries. Mm-hmm. and into China and being forced to be sold, which is sex trafficking in my book. Um, right. And it's forced labor. And um, it's forced, it's sold to men for brides because there are not enough women for men to marry. And they don't speak the language. Like, I, I read about where the woman was, like, she was, like, locked into the house all day. She didn't speak the language. Like, you know, she can't leave. And then they have a child with this person. Now they really don't want to leave because they ha- they can't take their baby how do they get away so you know it's, it's how do they take care of their thing? yeah yeah exactly it's, where are they going and so now they become dependent on the person who is yeah, trafficking them yeah, it's wrong yeah it's, and and there's and and then their family at home actually thinks it's fine because they they take a picture of them getting married and send it back to their family and they think oh okay well i guess that's what she wanted to do it's like no she didn't choose that that was forced on her but they don't have money to make a phone call they can't actually get in touch with anybody to say anything. So, well, now I feel sad. I'm, I'm depressing. <laughs> no, 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 you are definitely not. You definitely are not. It's just the information. The information yes. is, the information is scary, to be honest. It is, you. but obviously part of, you know, addressing it is knowing about it and knowing what you can do and seeing it and, and being um, proactively engaged. Um, in, in, you know, when, when something comes up and you see something, you can, you can take a step because you understand that, you know what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can. Does violence always have to be in sex trafficking? Uh, no, um, it does not. Um, and as we touched on earlier, it always involves force of some type, but the force part can be something other than violence, although it is often part of it. Um, it can be withholding something um, the victim needs, uh, like food, shelter, or clothing. Um, and as I mentioned, the, the trafficker keeping all the money. And that's like an earmark or like another red flag if you hear someone talking about like they don't have the money that they're earning. Um, but earn, if, the, if the trafficker is keeping all the money or identification cards, 
Um, you know, sometimes it's that thread again of telling your family what you've okay, done. Okay, okay. So it's really, it's really that it doesn't have yeah. to entail any violence. No, act. no. And you know, it's just all those other things. It you, I mean, it usually does at least threat of violence, but not always. Not always. Okay. Okay. Understood. And um, you have already answered the question as to where does it where does it take place? Because we mentioned it can take place. In our own environment, it can yeah. take place at the airports, at the bus stops. It can take place, well, and it can take place via um internet. Yeah. Um. Do we? Can I tell you a little bit about? Go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of a good thing. It makes you feel, I think, maybe a little bit happier in some ways. Um. So I wanted to to you know, like as you said, it, it can take place in hotels, apartments, a street, airport, whatever. Um. Pretty much anywhere. But that's why the uh, awareness of the community is so key to helping stop sex trafficking, um, and keeping an eye out and watching. Um. And I wanted to kind of highlight an organization called Truckers Against Trafficking. Um, and they're made up of truckers who want to be part of preventing trafficking in the trucking nice. world, which is a, a space that traditionally uh, a lot of trafficking happens in the U.S. because truckers are on the move. They may be lonely. They show up at their truck stop. There's a man there who has a woman who says, you know, for this price you can and they've got a, a, a truck cab where they can, you know, so. It's, it's usually, it has traditionally been a, a big place for trafficking. And this oh. group um, saw that and they said, no, we, we don't want to be part of that. We're truckers and we want to change this. And they run a great organization made up of truckers and supporters who uh, provide tools to help identify tracking, trafficking at truck stops. They educate about what you can do if you think or know that it's happening. Um, even as a person stopping at a truck stop, if you see something, they have signs. I've seen them at the truck stops, you know, the low loves and the flying J like signs up about it, what to look for. And um, they also do a lot of education um, to help the law enforcement recognize and report human trafficking. Cause that's a big part of it is education for people all across the sector. Um, and, I just thought that was a really good example of a place where, you know, trafficking happens. We know it happens. Okay. And the people in the community saw that and they said, no, we're not going to have that. And, um, and I see that there's um, some similar momentum happening in the hospitality sector, hotels, because okay. obviously hotels are a place where sex trafficking takes place. So there's a lot of push to have training for hotel employees have resources up, posters in places telling you where to call, what to do if you're being trafficked or if you think you see trafficking. Um, and then the other part that follows on the back of that is we talked earlier about the money that's um, available right. as you know mm -hmm. that's being earned. Um, and as a person, um, don't if you travel to another country, um, some there's a new thing called sex tourism. And if you oh, really? don't engage in it, <laughs> that's my, my <laughs> takeaway, because a lot of times in other countries, you can't know um, if that person chose it or not. I'm not saying everyone did, but right. or didn't, but just don't do the sex tourism because there's that money aspect. If there's not someone who's willing to pay for it, then there's less demand and less business and then less people get trafficked. Nice. So, so how do we stop? sex trafficking you gave us you know some different yeah. organizations yeah. are coming up to stop it but what other ways can we yes. as individuals stop this yes this is the more hopeful part right <laughs> <laughs> so um we want to remember the causal factors of trafficking that we kind of already talked about right um, the food shelter living wage lack of freedom from harm so um you know thinking about that and what you know engaging with with that subject 
because it can be, you know, in our own country or across the world that people are struggling with those things and become vulnerable um, to trafficking. So we need to vote for those that support social services that can prevent people from ever being in that vulnerable situation, um, you know, both domestically and abroad, passing legislation that helps mitigate things that cause that um, the instability. Um, right. And in a, in a, at a global level, that's in a large part right now, we're seeing a huge increase of migration and vulnerability and trafficking due to human caused climate change. And that's one of those linkage issues where, you know, one thing's leading to another thing that's leading to another thing. Um, so be proactive in how you're using your vote and think about that. Um, you know, human caused climate change is not just affecting the planet, which affects us all, but it increases instability in communities all over the globe, including our own. And when people are unstable, they, they go do something else. They become desperate. They lose their source of livelihood. They lose the ability to support their family. They be, and, and then people are getting um, lured into trafficking because they uh, leave their community and have lost their normal channels of support and income. So there's that part. Um, you can pay attention to supply chains. Now, this is more to do with forced labor in general. Okay. Um, but like things like fast fashion or um, coffee, chocolate, you know, you'll see things that say like um, uh, made, you know, fair trade and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. and there's some that will say like made without child labor. Chocolate is often child labor. So oh, really? yeah, yeah. Um, because, and, and also um, fa fashion can be as well because they have little kids working in the, the factories, but um, Freedom United um, is a good place to go to see all the different campaigns against trafficking. Um, they have a lot of different anti-trafficking campaigns. It's at freedomunited.org. And they have some campaigns going right now, one on prison labor in the U.S., um, which yeah. is an, another whole issue. <laughs> we can talk about it. And prison labor is, is another form of modern slavery. But they have one on China, the forced labor in China, prison labor in the U.S., slavery-free chocolate, but they're always adding new campaigns. So you can go there, sign your name, sign up for the mailing list. Um, and then in a more immediate sense, keep your eye out in your daily life for signs of trafficking and right. those around you who might be vulnerable. Um, if you or someone you know is in a situation that, as, as I've described, where people are most vulnerable, um, Polaris runs the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And um, that is 1-888-373-7888. And they're also at polarisproject.org and they are um, there to help and they have all the things that you need to get help there. So those are some activities you can do. Awesome. So, I mean, we're, we're coming to the end of this, yeah. but I want, I want to know what is the emotional toll that this takes on you really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's real for sure. Um, and, Sometimes it feels hopeless. I think everyone feels that way. You know, you see all these forms of trafficking and when you read about the sexual abuse of children or anybody um, or, and things like that, um, it, it, is, it is hard. But what I, what I stay focused on personally, because I, I always have worked in some kind of, um, you know, something relating to human rights, uh -huh. is um, the, the moment where there's a, a, a difference, a difference that you made and right. even one life um, impacted or one connection made for someone that, that can change something um, is, is, is one, one feather or one, you know, stone on the right one side of the scale, the, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And um, 
And that really is, is important. You know, it's that whole thing with the starfish, which is obviously overplayed um, about the throwing the one starfish into the sea. But it's so true, I think, for those of us who work in, in on these things on a regular basis is like, well, I can't, you know, we can't change it all, but we got to be, I say part of the team that tries. <laughs> yeah. One because, at a time. Yeah. Because you, you know, we, I, we might not win the game in my lifetime, but I'm still part of the team that tries. And yes. I'm going to keep being part of the team that tries because I certainly don't want to be in the other team, you know? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. And you're doing a great job even educating yeah. persons, different persons about this. So we can't be more aware. So when yeah. we go to the um, airports or so, we're yeah. aware of our surroundings. And we don't, we're, just, we're always watchful. Yeah. We have to always be watchful because yeah. anything can really happen. Yeah. And it's, a, and the, you know, community members staying watchful, being aware, having the information and knowing what to do um, does change lives. Like there was a case recently of a young girl who was being um, abducted and by a stranger in a car and she gave, there's a hand signal that's a new hand signal that means I'm in distress and a car was passing by and she gave that hand signal and that person got the license plate and dobbed it into the police and they pulled that man over and that girl was saved. Mercy. Um, yeah. Right. You, if you, if you have the information, you can make a difference and I don't care. It's just one person. That little girl gets to live her life now. You know, that's big. That's big. So we're all, we have to look out for each yep. other really. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's a lot. But I think you're doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate yes. uh, the opportunity to share some of what, what's going on with you. And I, <laughs> and I hope that uh, your listeners aren't too brought down by... Uh... Actually, no. I mean, I, I think you did a great job even delivering it. And your personality actually fits it really well. Oh, good. Really, really well. So you did an awesome job oh, in delivering. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, you did. <laughs> and I had a couple laughs in there. Yeah, we found a few. I didn't think we would. <laughs> well, you have a very bubbly personality too. So was, we found a few moments to get a laugh in. <laughs> we did. We did. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure they they have learned. Yeah. Something from it, and they have gained. So per, per, I have a, I have notes. I wrote notes when you were talking. <laughs> so. So I am now educated on some of the things that I probably didn't know about. Well, so, knowledge I mean, is power, right? Yes, knowledge is always power. Mm -hmm. So where is it that we can find you, Rebecca? Well, as you mentioned, I'm the program director at Human Trafficking Search. And mm -hmm. so we are at humantraffickingsearch.org. And okay. so if you guys go there and check it out, um, we, we it's a free resource database. And you can read about any of the things we talked about um, there you can find articles, reports, some stuff we wrote. Um, most of it's just um, from like the governments, other organizations, whether it's global, local, like everything. So, and it's free to use. And then we also have um, dedicated pages to prison labor, which I was touching on briefly, but I, you right. know, just the, the 13th, it's been a big push for us to try to get, um, it's a, a, a campaign called End the Exception, which we're part of, um, okay. to get the 13th, the exception in the 13th Amendment that allows prisoners in the U.S. to be forced to work due to their incarceration. So that's like one way that in the U.S. slavery is actually still legal. It's a, an exception that was in the 13th Amendment. So we want to get that legislation changed, as do so many other organizations. So you can read about that stuff there. We have a page dedicated to it. And then um, just I, I won't harp on and on, but there's one about cobalt mining which I didn't even know what was up with cobalt. I mean, I don't know about stuff like that, but they, I, I started learning about it because they're using child labor in the Democratic Republic of Congo for mining cobalt. And 
Um, it's used to make batteries and solar panels, which is part of this big green revolution, which I'm super into. But, um, when you start reading about how that, that sector, the cobalt mining sector is really using forced labor and child labor. You're no um, like, hmm. yeah, it's like, well, we shouldn't build our green revolution on the backs of children and forced labor. That's not right. Like we should do this properly. Um, and so, and then we also have stories of survivors, um, government data resources. So, um, and blogs. So feel free to go down and take a look. And if you want to reach out to me, you can also email me through the website directly. Um, I will get any email you send through that in, um, like contact page and okay. I'll, I'll email you back. She will. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely will. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I enjoyed this. Yeah. It's been great to chat with you and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes. For having me. Thank you so much. And thank you for making, you know, talking about sex, sex trafficking it, it was a light-hearted discussion even though it was about some heavy things yeah it was a great conversation thank you so thank you so much for that and thank you to my listeners for listening to the unfiltered by jade and we'll be back next week tuesday thank you bam, bam,